0: What's going on, everybody? I'm back with another episode of the podcast, and on this episode, I'm going to be reading right through the first four chapters of the Book of Mark. So Amelia had requested it for the youth, and I feel like it's just kind of always a good idea to read the Bible at any chance you get. So here I am, and here's how it's going to go. We're going to be reading the first four chapters tonight then we're going to be reading the following four chapters tomorrow night and so on. That will bring us to Sunday night when we'll read the final four chapters of the 16 chapter book. Then that will give you Monday to go over to see what you have highlighted. Um, I suggest going along in your Bible as you read it. I know that's how it works for me anyways. Um, so then Monday, you can review things you wanted to go back on, uh, review things that spoke to you that way come Tuesday, you're ready to go, and we can all discuss. Um, but one thing that Mark had discussed in I believe it was last message or the one before, um, but they definitely just put it in their stories on Facebook. It was in regard uh, it was in regards to the different styles of memorizing scripture. Um, So you have reading it out loud, repeating it to other people, um, following along in your Bible, dancing, things like that. So one thing that always helped me was repetition, like repeating it, saying it out loud, reading it, and... The most important one for me was list hearing it. Like for me, an audio Bible, I don't suggest that being your only source of reading the Bible. Um, Like you should have moments where you're just like times where you just go and spend time reading your physical Bible. Um, I think there's there's a key aspect to that in itself. Um, But. When it comes to an audio Bible, if you're hearing it and reading along, it's kind of occupying more of your mind, I feel anyways. I think that might be an opinion. Um, So that's another key thing that we're going to do. We're going to read straight through the Bible uh, because we believe that the best way to read the Bible is to read the Bible. Read the words and don't... um, I'm not trying to interject. I'm just trying to read the Bible, and see what God wants to put on our hearts uh, through his word. So uh, with that being said, I'm just going to give you guys a pre-warning that I will mess up words, I will butcher every single name, aside from the holy name of Jesus, Um, but I promise we will get through it. (laughs) So with that being said, let's get into... Episode number one, which will be chapter one through four. So, I had recorded all of this, but I realized that I didn't plug my microphone in, so it was a terrible sound. Uh, so, something that I explained here is at the beginning of the at the beginning of the book. Here, it will give you a brief explanation. Um, A lot of times it's about either the setting when the book was written um, or like the type of culture it was or what the person who's writing it, what their background is. um, Or maybe it just gives you like an intro uh, type thing where it just kind of breaks down what you're about to read and how it's laid out, which is what it does in this book here. So the intro for Mark is right here. Perfect. So I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. Um, That's the new international version. I usually read out of the ESV, which is the English standard version. Um, I don't usually go to the message unless I'm looking to... um, drastically modernize something. And so I could definitely, I would suggest checking things out. If you, if a scripture hits you a certain way, check it in different, in different translations. um, And just see what one, what one fits best. Not, not so much what one fits best for you, but what one feels, uh, what one you could, you could take away the most from, I guess. Um, So, The intro, just give me a moment here. So, I'm at the gym right now. I'm going to be heading in after I do my two, um, sorry, after I read my two chapters, because then I have a special guest who's going to be reading the other two chapters. Um, so I'm going to upload this one, the intro with my two chapters, and then I'm going to uh, upload that as one, but it's going then I'm going to upload another segment, which will be the an extension of the same episode, if that whole rant makes sense. Um, so here we go. Mark appears to be written for an audience in Rome. A Roman centurion's declaration near the end of the book. Surely this man was the Son of God, models the witness to Jesus this gospel calls for. The opening half of this fast-moving drama keys on the question, Who do you say I am? An episode at the end of the first half shows Jesus healing a blind man in two stages so that he slowly comes to see. In the same way, the disciples have only gradually come to recognize who Jesus is. Then in a key moment in, in the story, between its two halves, Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah. Now the conflict moves out into the open. Jesus has come to introduce a radical new way of life that will undercut existing power relationships. The second half of the drama depicts this in three acts. First, Jesus and his disciples travel to Jerusalem. Next, Jesus teaches in the temple and clashes with the established leadership. In the final act, that leadership executes its plan and has Jesus arrested and crucified, seemingly overturning all he has done. But then God overturns their deed and raises Jesus to life. So Mark's readers are called to be faithful to Jesus, even in suffering, because this is how God continues to overturn the existing order and establish the new way of life that Jesus taught. All right, so that's the intro. Mark 1. John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah The Son of God, as it is written in in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside. And all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Baptism and Testing of Jesus At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. So, that's the end of that one. So it goes on, Jesus announces the good news. So in that one there, I find it just really interesting, because... it's so in the wilderness when jesus is being tempted the devil constantly constantly throws at him if you are who if you are who he says you are he constantly says that then do this if you are who he says you are then do this and it says right here just as jesus was coming up in in verse 10 just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, "You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased." At once the Spirit, sp- the seer- the spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was and he was in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by Satan. So, and how did Satan tempt him by by basically what God had just told him by basically trying to play mind games. And how many times does that happen with us where we feel that God has put something on our heart or that we have a certain thing that we're passionate about and instead of pursuing it for God's glory, we, we let it be stifled by, by plans that the devil might put into our mind. Um, so I said I wouldn't interject, but that was something that I heard somebody say one time and it was really... Uh, impactful. So moving right on, Jesus announces the good news. After John was put in in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus calls his first disciples. As Jesus walked beside the sea of Galilee, He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets without delay. Without delay, he called to them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Jesus drives out an impure spirit. They went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out what do you want with us jesus of nazareth have you come to destroy us i know who you are the holy one of god be quiet said jesus sternly come out of him the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek the people were all so amazed that they asked each other what is this a new teaching And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him quickly spread over the whole region of Galilee. Jesus heals the many. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Wait on them meaning, like, getting them food and stuff like that. Not just sitting there like... Nee, nee, nee. Um, that evening, after sunset, the people, brought, <clears throat> the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons... But he would not let demons speak because they knew who he was. Hmm. Jesus prays in a solitary place. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where uh, where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, And when they found him they exclaimed everyone is looking for you Jesus replied let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also that is why I have come so he traveled through Galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons Jesus heals a man with leprosy a man with leprosy came came to Jesus and begged him on his knees If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away, and at once with a strong warning, See that you don't tell anyone... Okay, I'm just going to reread that. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, of course, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Kind of, so that's the end of chapter one. Um, but it's kind of funny. It's kinda, kind of ironic how Jesus said he was willing. He said, I am willing. In chapter 40, in uh, verse 43, no, verse 41, it says, he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed so then it goes on to say that jesus as a result jesus could no longer enter a town openly but stayed outside in lonely places kind of like somebody with leprosy someone with leprosy for those of you who don't know leprosy was really really bad like it was it was something that was more than it it didn't just affect like you know when someone's sick and you're like oh you feel bad for them that wasn't it wasn't like that in those times like they they were outcast from society they weren't allowed like yeah it was different so now jesus goes and gives them a strong warning such as don't tell anybody about this And even after having healed him and after having seen the Messiah, he still had a hard time obeying him and not doing the opposite of what he asked. Um, So I think that's, it's kind of, it's kind of ironic how the man with leprosy kind of casts leprosy on Jesus in a sense. But um, yeah, no, not trying to interject too much. Don't, don't, mix that up. Like I said, Jesus was given leprosy. That's not what I said. Moving along onto chapter two. Mm -hmm. Jesus forgives and heals a a paralyzed man. One second here. Just going to finish up my pre-workout. Gives and heals a paralyzed man. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, Because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus and digging through it and then lowered. Let me start that part again. Since they could not get to him because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Pause. So, Jesus is preaching to so many people that they can't get to him. So, it's like a big congregation, and they decide to cut a hole in the roof. I'm assuming dropping a bunch of dirt and mud and stuff, like whatever the roof's made out of, dropping that down onto Jesus and that area. And instead of having security, or Simon, or one of his buddies, having them escorted out. What does he say? Son, your sins are forgiven. Moving on to verse 6. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in, in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they were praising God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Jesus calls Levi and eats with sinners. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus questioned about fasting. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to them, Look, why why are we doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read David? He answered, "Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Ab Abiath- there we go. There's the name. In the days of Abiathar. Abiath- Come on, Adam, help me out on this one. The high priest he entered in the days of Abiathar. Let's go with that. Abiathar. Abi. Let's let's go with yeah. Let's go with Abby the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is the Lord even of of the Sabbath. So that is chapter 2. I am going to... Leave chapter 3 and chapter 4 for our guest to do. That is a 24-minute episode. I will upload this one. uh, And we will get you the next episode as soon as I get home. But with that being said, I hope you guys have a great night. I hope you stay blessed. And if you do not know Jesus, you should get to know him. See you guys.